Hello, this is Barry Forshaw with the latest Barry's Blu-rays, the first of the year 2022. And I've got, a, as usual, uh, an extra special guest, although he's not actually here physically, but I do have his interview. So January, well, in the world of books, January used to be considered something of a graveyard slot and hardly a month in which an author would be advised to have a book published. Now, those days are gone, and January is now as lively a month in publishing in, as any other time of the year. And now, similarly, January is, as of 2022, an equally interesting month in terms of Blu-ray releases, as the current batch proves. Kim Newman and I worked on commentaries for several intriguing films, uh, two for Via Vision, one very provocative, Walter Graman's Once Banned Lady in a Cage, with Olivia de Havilland menaced by marauding thugs, the leader being a young James Kahn. It's still a shocking movie, and as Kim pointed out in his half of the commentary, a nasty movie. Uh, I even managed to get a quote from the octogenarian Olivia de Havilland, who, before her death, the last sort of survivor of the golden age of Hollywood in this very strange, dark movie, which, although the um, advertising copy promises bestiality, it's not literally bestiality. It's still a very gripping movie, and you can see why the BBFC was nervous about it in the 1960s. Uh, we also did a commentary for George Powell and Byron Haskins' The Naked Jungle with a sexually frustrated Charlton Heston tempted by a negligee wearing Eleanor Parker. And, of course, it's the film with the army of killer ants at the climax. Arrow has the film that splendidly launched John Millius's career, Dillinger, about the celebrated gangster or notorious gangster with Warren Oates on rare form, while Indicator has the uh, unflinching story of spousal abuse, The Brute. I once spoke to the actor Julian Glover about this, and he he had a strange mixture of pride and shame about it. He is the abusive husband. He he liked the work he'd done in it, but knew it was an exploitation movie. Well, there's kind of nothing wrong with exploitation movies, is, it? is there? Studio Canal has Last Night in Soho, which needs no introduction. And Kino Lober offers the Thomas Alfredson version of John le Carre's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with Gary Oldman. It's not as impressive as the... Um, Alec in this one, but it, in its own terms, it's, it's a very solid version of the novel. And Eureka has an early John Ford classic, The Sun Shines Bright. But my star guest for this month was one of the pioneers of serious genre film criticism, Tim Lucas, who is now, he tells me, in his 50th year as a published writer. He's the award-winning biographer, Mario Barber's all the Colors of the Dark, which is an absolutely massive book and will never be topped as a study of, a, of a, the Italian director. He's a magazine founder and editor, video watchdog, novelist, the cult classic Throat Sprockets, and a popular silver disc audio commentator. We've been in touch, Tim and I, for quite a while in regard to our mutual Blu-ray commentaries, and my colleague Kim Newman was a long-time contributor to Video Watchdog in, in its print incarnation. But this was the first time we were able to chat. I began by telling him my earliest film memory, being taken to Pinocchio as a child, and asked about his early film experiences. And he also agreed that, in his case, it was Pinocchio. And he said that he was taken to see the last half hour of The Incredible Shrinking Man. And he remembers walking down the aisle just as the giant spider. It's not a giant spider, of course. 
but its giant to the incredible shrinking man appeared and he ran out of the theater screaming. He pointed out that um, he experienced another kind of terror when his mother on his 12th birthday took him downtown and gave him his choice of film. They ended up seeing, as he said, Richard Brooks in Cold Blood, based, of course, on the Truman Capote novel. And that was a case of a film's realism being too intense for him, coupled with Quincy Jones' disturbing score. He says, I hid my eyes during the murder scenes, but the music implied much more than the film didn't show. I remember going back and seeing it twice more in the second run, just to find the courage to watch it, a kind of rite of courage. He says he still has a, a strong aversion to true crime subjects, but at the same time, he's very much attracted to criminal fantasies such as Phantomas and Judex. Uh, he was a fan, uh, not just of um, horror and crime movies as a boy, but also Bergman, Goddard, Truffaut. And then, of course, he wrote the book of a certain Italian director who he said to me, I think you also admire Barry. And uh, this was Mario Bava, All the Colors of the Dark. And he said, yes, because Bava, though remembered primarily for his horror films, which were as personal as the films of, say, Todd Browning, was actually at the beginning of every genre specific to Italian cinema. He was at the beginning of Italian opera films, Gene Lola Bridger pictures, Italian teenage films, sword and sandal films, spaghetti western, and of course the Italian horror film and the jelly. And he remarked on the fact that as crime time is mostly oriented towards crime, although not exclusively, Barber's definition of the giallo with the girl who knew too much, La Ragazza che sapeva troppo, 1962, and Blood and Black Lace, Sedone per l'assassino in 1964, should be singled out for mention. He's talked about the various uh, films that he's worked on in terms of the Blu-ray commentaries, such as Compulsion, the Richard Fleischer film, inspired by the Leopold and Loeb case. And coming up shortly is one of the great crime pictures with Tim's involvement, Touch of Evil. He was also involved with Arrow Video's recent True Romance book set and, of course, his Mario Bava commentaries. I asked him about uh, moral panics, uh, which we have in this country, in the UK, about censorship, which they have fewer of in the US. And Tim replied... To be honest, I think our politicians and lawmakers these days are such a shoddy and contemptible lot. I don't think they're in any moral position to dictate what the general public should see. Interesting that, isn't it? Uh, saying that in 2022 Britain, it's shameful enough to have to look at them on the daily news. And he, he says that he does have some problems with things in films, but he's glad to be living in a more liberal age. He's um, talked to me about his various books and his new novella, The Secret Life of Love Songs, is a sort of magic realist consideration of the full spectrum of love. So Tim remains somebody whose commentaries I always make a point of listening to, and I'll be back next month with the best Blu-rays for February. <laughs> <laughs>